0: And welcome back to another installment of The Conspiracy Skeptic. I'm your conspiracy skeptic, Carl Mamer, and with me is my returning... Co- oh I wants to call you co-host my returning guest uh not not dr Stu uh Nigel st Whitehall hi Carl hi. Hey, hey, is it a, are are you, are you coming out are you are you no, no not here? Name? Are you using here. Your, are you Using your real name now? Hey,
1: if Orac can pull that off, so can I.
0: Okay, all right. Can we use your real name now, or are you still Nigel Saint Whitehall?
1: Uh, on, on, on this podcast, podcast I, am I am Nigel Saint Whitehall. Okay, that's
0: good. Okay, but but we we can plug your your new podcast, can we?
1: Well, it, it's, worth, yeah, it's I'm involved in uh, the production of a, a very new podcast. We only have one episode out currently. Um, the second one should be out shortly. I don't know if it's going to be out before or after this, but probably around the same time. It's called, um, 15 credibility street. And it is a production of, um, doubtful news, which is, um, Sharon Hills and, um, Torkel. And I won't even try to say Torkel's last name. Um, that is a very popular and, uh, uh, website, which is a news aggregator where, um, Sharon and T um, um, collect certain news stories that are being handled in the press about certain things that are weird or odd, or they have it's just you know that type of 14 or paranormal type of stuff, edge paranormal activity. Except Sharon and T also add some uh, rational or and or skeptical commentary to the articles to kind of you know set it in, in a, a, a better context that might be getting in the press in general. Yeah, yeah. Sharon's been doing that for three years, and uh, recently uh, she wanted to start up a um, how do I put this a companion podcast to her site, and so I am I volunteered to be their uh, utility infielder. So Sharon gets the plug; in what she needs me to help out, and I'm more than happy to help out. She's she's uh, quite an asset to the skeptical community.
0: Oh, okay, all right. So utility, it, put that in hockey terms for my Canadian listeners.
1: I don't even know how I could. I don't know enough about hockey. Okay. It, utility, a utility infielder. Left wing,
0: right wing? What? Uh, what's uh, what's <laughs> the infield of
1: hockey? I don't even know. It's, it's, it, in baseball, you, you have players who – there's the, in baseball, you have the infield, which is the stuff closest to where the batter is. Okay. And then the outfield, which is that green area where they stand out when the guy hits the ball a long distance. Right, yes, okay. And a utility infielder is somebody who is just generally well at playing any position he needs to get plugged into in the infield because, you know, your normal second baseman. Is injured or something came up and he can't play for the moment. Then you, you throw this guy in there, and he's very good. He's like a jack of all trades of the infield.
0: Okay, all right then. Okay, so yeah,
1: so right, so you uh,
0: humble as ever, you are. Uh, you, you're you're really the linchpin of this new podcast. This is what we're really no. saying right now. Okay.
1: No, a- absolutely no, no, no. Okay, I, yeah. I I sometimes wonder because Sh- Sh- T lives in Norway.
0: Norway, yeah.
1: Yes, and I I live in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and Sharon lives about six miles from me. Okay. So the average distance between the three of our homes is about <laughs> a thousand miles. Um, but yeah. So if I if, if if I do anything wrong, Sharon is where I live. So I, I always have to keep that in mind.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> so this 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 Torgensen guy, is it, what was his name again?
1: It's Torkel. Torkel. Okay. Torkel. Yes. Torkel. and. T, we call him T because even twerkle is too hard for our English speaking mice, English speaking mouth. Um, T is an honest to God Viking. He looks like a Viking. Oh, jeez. He's, he's Norwegian. He's tall. He's blonde. Um, I, I think once or twice in his life he's uh, taken <laughs> out of a monastery on his own. So. <laughs> um, he's. But no, T, T uh, has been a co editor at Doubtful News since the beginning. Mm. And. Um, in the uh, the fifteen credibility street podcast, he's doing uh, the editing, and um, I'm glad he's doing it because I, I try to like mess around with GarageBand and it I, I can't I, I I just can't.
0: Oh, so, okay, yeah.
1: yeah. But T's great. T T's great in that doing that end stuff. And, and Sharon, she is one of these people who is just like an encyclopedic font of knowledge. Um, and she's always like if. If you go to if you if I don't know why anybody's listening, you don't just go to Sharon Sharon's house. Just don't do that. But if you were going to go to Sharon's house, she has got more books stacked up than I think, like you know, like the basement of the New York Public Library.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 Sharon. Yeah. The uh, um uh doubtful news. That it, it, it's um yeah it's kind of it's really enjoyable uh sort of yeah blog and stuff and and the one thing about Sharon too is she's um. She, she's not really sort of like she's not a dogmatic skeptic like like she you know she does she she does sort of go you know well. Maybe, but, you know, here's the things to think about, you know, like, like she doesn't sort of, I mean, unless it's something like really awful, awful like, like, uh, you know, hey, these parents are starting to drill holes in their children's head and stuff like that. You know, she, she, you know, she doesn't, uh, she doesn't sort of soft shoe those kind of topics, but, but I'm always very impressed at, 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 at how sort of, um, you know, reasonable she is in, in, in terms of her approach to these topics, giving, giving, giving them an honest chance.
1: Well, yeah, she, she is, and at, at the same time, I, what I appreciate about Sharon is that I, I think some people in the skeptical community, and I think all skeptics have different limits, or they all think about skepticism and nationalism and all that in a slightly different way, which is, you know, that's fine. But I think Sharon at times understands, which I think some people in the skeptical community um, don 't appreciate that there is a limit to what you know the scientific method can um, give you can, can, how it can guide you you know like yes, it can get you the facts, but that, once you have all the facts, and everybody agrees it doesn 't necessarily mean everyone 's going to agree about what the correct course is, and I think sometimes that can be lost yeah uh, um, I mean
0: even our, our interest in sort of fortuneism kind of sort of slightly points away because the fortunes are traditionally they're 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 not they're not you know sort of sort of woo filled true believers but and but but, but yeah you, know, you wouldn't call them skeptics they're they're kind of like they they walk this weird middle path where they're you know they're 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 sort of skeptical of science being sometimes in their perception kind of being to know it all or 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 people who people who are you know scientism who sort of treat who Sort of hold up science as you know the the only path to truth and and, and um, it, it's it's an interesting kind of I don't know middle path that I, I don't particularly agree with. But
1: um, well, I, the one I I, I don't I want, want to speak for Sharon, mm-hmm. but I will say I think I tend to agree with that the one thing that is frustrating is that there are lots of fourteen topics that come out and sometimes you don't find the answer. And sometimes you go, oh, somebody—it's you know, uh, this is you know what that blob was. Um, So the 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 first story about what is this mystery object comes out—it's a big splash—and the same uh, uh, outlets that talk all about this when they figure out, oh, it's actually you know something unusual but explainable—the same outlets. Don't go back and say, "Oh, by the way, it's a follow-up." It, with that strange blob that we found, was it was a something? It was a protozoan. It was a yes, exactly. Whatever. They don't follow up on that, and they, you know, when they're told about it, they still don't follow up on it because you know they're into the the mystery mongering, but not the mystery solving, and right. that gets frustrating. Yeah. And um, there's one podcast I used to listen to quite often, especially in the beginning when I was first getting into skepticism, and it was very, very well, excellent, excellently produced Australian podcast. But they were all about the mystery mongering, and, you know, they never went back and said, oh, yeah, by the way, that light we were talking about, and we told this great story, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that that was uh, C-147, and oops, who knew? No, they never – that never –
0: it was done, and you know, after a while, they got That's a little frustrated. Right, yeah, I mean, you know, even you know, the um, um, the um, Sharon's, Sharon's uh, w- website. Um, what, what's the name of it again? Sorry,
1: uh, Doubtful News. Sorry,
0: yeah, Doubtful News. It's a I I doubt it is kind of her, her 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 sort of moniker. I doubt it is like her. I think her Twitter handle. But uh, yeah, Doubtful News. yeah, you'll you'll see like um, you know. I mean posts, she, yeah, things she posted like three or four years ago suddenly are, you know, are, are bubble to the top because she, she she's got more information about it and, and she'll, she's constantly updating articles you know, f- uh, that, that she's posted from, from years ago as, as, as new information becomes available
1: Oh, she she has a, a, a she must have an incredible index system someplace <laughs> in order to <laughs> figure out like, some news story comes up, and I remember, because Sharon, when she first did the, the website, she she would put up five, six, seven, eight pieces, new articles a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, eight weeks after the story hit, like, some follow-up piece would happen and I would see, oh this just hit the news like you know on my phone or something and I go to Dalfo News and somehow within an like, hour it hit the news she had already updated her site from a story that was eight weeks earlier yeah, yeah. now for me I'd be like going I forget when that was I have to do a search and I have to do a thing and obviously she's got that all like just nailed right, yeah. she's, she's really good at all that and follow up is so important in some of these stories um Because sometimes skeptics get it wrong, too. I mean, there's been more than one time when there's a strange light in the sky and, you know, the skeptics go, oh, that's Venus. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it turns out, okay, it wasn't a spaceship, but it wasn't Venus. It was something else. Um, and you, you have, have to stay, stay honest on both
0: sides. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sometimes I mean the best thing to, is instead of just trying to that—that that is one of the errors of skeptics is they—they they try to rush an answer in, and then when that is not the right answer, you know, swamp gas was sort of the the, the, the classic, you know, sort of the classic sort of you know skeptical explanations for UFO sightings. Although I, I I only think maybe that was ever really used used once, but um, but yeah, and then when that's shown not to be possible explanation you know it it sort of makes skeptics look bad when 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 the best answer is like i I don't know you don't know but you know but just because you don't know doesn't mean you know (laughs) you know, like i don't know what caused this therefore it must be ufos that that sort of stuff
1: yeah and saying "I, i don't know i i think that's a skill that i think people just have to learn if you're gonna try to be a good skeptic and it doesn't mean you're it's terrible it just means you don't know um, and on the other side of the, the coin you don't know doesn't mean ghosts or it doesn't mean, you know, spaceships from, you know, another planet or yeah, whatever.
0: Exactly. exactly. It's the, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the uh, baffled scientist meme you know the the other one's always uh you know scientists scrambling to explain you know that that's the other sort of sort of meme that you know that that uh and and that sometimes is is maybe not for scientists but you know skeptics that we 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 do sometimes you know scramble to explain something and 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 uh, we 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 shouldn't
1: well it's It's always interesting interesting. and uh, Granted, this is in a more private sphere, so it's not quite in the same thing, but uh, when forums used to be more of a thing and something would break in the news, you'd go to like a skeptical forum. Mm-hmm. For me, I, when I used to do the SGU forums a lot more, and they'd just be like, you know, everybody would be throwing out their pet theory about whatever X was. And it's sort of like, you know, it's just too early. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, in a way, that's forgivable because it's not, you know, being – published in the public, so to speak. But still, I was just like, you know, if everybody just needs to relax, and let's just, you know, find out what that blip was in space. It doesn't mean it's aliens or, you know, a new supernova or something like that. It, it could just be, you know, the wire was loose in the back of the telescope. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think sometimes you just, I mean, you can frame it as like, like, well, I don't know what it is, but, I mean, have you eliminated this possibility and this possibility and this possibility? I mean, that's, that's sort of the, the much, much better approach than, like, you know, what was... Bit, clearly it was this you know that 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 sort of stuff but
1: um oh yeah um i i completely agree but you know i have to say i'm very very guilty of doing that all the time yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like well what could it be i think it could be this and you know yeah, exactly. then you get yourself convinced and then sometimes i'm right and lots of times i'm wrong but yeah usually it's just to myself or my dog or, you know, something like that. So,
0: <laughs> right. and, uh, and, and I mean, your, your own skeptical output. I mean, you, you, you've long done, uh, um, Skep Review, the, the Skep Review blog.
1: Yeah, I, I've somewhat purposely slowed down, uh, this year to try and just get one post out or so a month. Mm-hmm. And I'm planning on picking it back up next year. But, um, for, uh, Private reasons of—I'm uh, sure you're aware of—following some of my uh, social media things. Uh, I spent a heck of a lot of time in a certain amusement park, <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it, it sounds crazy, but it just took up that much amount of time. And so that was my—I was thinking about. Know I'm just going to keep the blog going. I don't want to let it—I don't want to let it sunset. i <laughs> i, I and, but I do want to pick it up. But I. I to be honest, at one point, when I first started Skeptical Review, it, it, my idea was I wanted to follow a whole bunch of skeptical and you know rationalist podcasts and just kind of comment on them, not every podcast, every time, mm-hmm. but quite often. And at points, I was doing maybe 15 posts a month, and at a certain point, I, I just sort of burned out.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: Um, you, and you, you drive yourself a little bit crazy. So I've decided I, I kind of cut back, and the next year I plan to do something more sane, like maybe one post a week or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to be honest, without getting into all the, the nitty gritty, uh, there was a time there in skepticism where it was just kind of depressing commenting on podcasts because things were getting ugly out
0: there. Oh yeah, the, the whole sort of sexism wars and stuff like that. It, it,
1: it was.
0: It was. It's a lot of people on both sides you admired suddenly. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that was pretty skeevy that, that person did. And I really feel bad. And, oh, uh,
1: you know, yeah. It, 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 there was just a three year period where a number of prominent skeptics did things that were, uh, let's just say the, the, uh, the court and authorities were involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and other skeptics were just getting into wars with each other. And at a certain point, I didn't want to get involved in that.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: That was not what I was trying to do. So it, I think I just kind of like backed off for that reason, too. And, and I, I think it's fair to say, uh, speaking about uh, doubtful news, um, Sharon in, in the late spring kind of put the site on ice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um but, um, cause she burned out. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I, I think, you know, you know, as, um, I forget who said it, but someone said once, you know, a skeptic's got a scap. And, you know, <laughs> she decided to, you know, go back. And try to do it in a more manageable way. Not try to do you know eight, ten, twelve posts in a day. Right, yeah. And I think on the the fifteen Credibility Podcast is a way to uh, flesh it out without you know trying to drive yourself crazy by trying to keep up with everything all the time. Right, yes,
0: okay. And then your, your own your own your own output here on conspiracy. <coughs> Sorry, your own output here on Conspiracy skeptic. You, you've done three episodes. Uh, you have done uh, Kennedy assassination. I don't know if that was the first one, but uh, that was the first yeah, one. Okay, and then it was the Pope uh, Pope John Paul the First the assassination conspiracy, and then yeah. uh, the third one was the um, the it was uh, the HMS Invincible, or, well, the, the, the British <laughs> got yeah. here in the
1: Falklands. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was apparently yeah. sunk by the Argentinians, but the <laughs> British were so good that they hit it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they, you know, yeah, they were able to sort of replace it with a lookalike, or, or the Americans gave them another like aircraft carrier that they then we, we, we
1: built, built them on quick in Mississippi, Mississippi. yeah, something
0: like that. Yeah, they they just sort of like kind of threw up some cardboard siding and painted it to look like the old aircraft carrier and clever. Yeah, and uh, that 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 last one was actually one of the more popular ones, like because it was we didn't get. You know, it's sort of light on the conspiracy, but just a lot of... Because you, you were a history major, right? That was your... your, your undergrad. Yeah, I was a history major at uh,
1: Gettysburg College. Yes, so exactly. Um, and I stumbled onto that, that, that conspiracy in college, writing a paper on the Falklands War. And I stumbled upon all these pieces out of... Um, argentinian press basically saying yeah we thank that ship or we hit it or something and they never they, they never told anybody about it so even though we lost the war you know we thank their carrier But right. yeah yeah so, and, well there's really no good evidence for that but yeah. um,
0: all right so you okay oh,
1: now i was gonna say and carl you haven't had me on in about four years i know somewhere. i know i'm just know. <laughs> kidding
0: so uh, yeah yeah I, i've been trying to um I've been trying to get a lot of, sort of the, like women uh, guests on, trying to, and because um, I've just, I haven't had a lot of women guests on my podcast. I just thought. I just going to try and get a whole lot of women in a row on my podcast and uh, sort of balance things out, but um, you're, you're, you're the exception. So, uh, but but maybe, you know, maybe you can actually get Sharon on my podcast next. She, she was actually I was going to try and get her on my podcast next, but
1: um, I, I'll talk to her. I don't I don't know, but I'll talk put to her. In a good word. I'm, I'm not going to make any promises, but
0: you know, yeah, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll to do. But yeah, but I want to, um, I want to get this one out before November eighth ninth. What's the what's the election date there? The eighth, the eighth, yeah. Thank you. November eighth, fourteen more days, according to CNN. So, uh, uh, yes,
1: because we have a big election coming up.
0: Exactly, which is our conspiracy. Now, now you are a, um, I mean, you're like a, you're 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 a lawyer guy, right? You're a lawyer.
1: Uh, I I am a, a a government attorney.
0: Okay, government yes. government attorney, and obviously you're studied history and uh and I, I believe you were uh i won't we won't say which party but you you were a card carrying member of one of the two major parties right the
1: one, the one that, that has a trunk, trunk in their
0: mascot oh okay yeah so you 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 are aware of basically how a kind of elections are done right you you have some yeah but Academic and maybe even a bit of insider knowledge, and and uh...
1: well, very very slight insider knowledge. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, as uh, there has been a candidate in the presidential election cycle in the United States who has uh, basically said that this election is going to be rigged, yeah, <laughs> um, and and rigged. You know, he doesn't come out or she. There's two people. I guess you can't say no, but uh, the Rigged is very vague and it can mean anything from, oh, it's just the press against me and it's rigging the election that way to, you know, there are people stuffing ballot boxes and or having lots of dead people uh, vote who can't. Um, And it is at the very least, especially if it's not true – um, just to raise that, it's very corrosive to the uh, you know, the democratic process and um, people's um, respect for the whole process as a whole. But that has been something that's been unfortunate has been raised during this election cycle. It's something completely new. I mean, um, there were questions about the 1960 election in the United States between Kennedy and Nixon <laughs> and the state of Illinois and Texas. Um, there were questions obviously in 2000 in Florida between uh, George W. Bush and Al Gore, but um, I'm not aware, off the top of my head, of this being raised prior to the actual election itself. Right. Yeah. All those instances that the election occurred, people were saying, "Hey, that that doesn't make any sense." Um, but this is actually being raised before the election, so right, yeah. it's a spin.
0: Well I mean yeah I mean um I'm gonna use his name trump <laughs> he, uh, I think mean, he uh uh was you know claiming you know the election is rigged but yeah, but right, not giving specifics and then you know people uh, raised a mighty laugh and then and then other people are coming out like, no, no, look, there are millions of names of dead people still on the electoral rolls and and so therefore uh you know he's he's right you know and and, and I mean is that is that I gather, like, you know, people are um, on the electoral rolls and then sometime in the year they, they die and then there's not necessarily a, a process going, hey, these are all the dead people, so get them off. Like, like so, So yeah, I, I would imagine on the electoral rolls there are a whole lot of dead people, but, but I, what, in what number do, you know, like, if I'm, you know, I've lo- lived with my sister and I've lost my sister and I get... M- you know a little notification saying you know you know uh, you know lisa maymer is uh, uh you know is uh, allowed to vote in the state of pennsylvania then i you know i get my I get my fiance and say hey you got to pretend to be lisa maymer and this is who you're going to vote for i mean how often does that happen
1: well um i mean it, it, the the number of times that actually has been shown or actually have occurred is pretty small um i can't remember where it was i think it might have been philadelphia but there were accusations of, you know, masses of the dead voting, and it turned out to be perhaps maybe thirty-two times it occurred, um, and in a city of, you know, two to 3 million nurses in, in that ballpark, and all the votes being cast. I don't even know if that was done under false pretenses or if it was a mistake. Um, but you know, those type of things, people always talk about it. But it is, it is. You know, rare to say the least that it actually would actually mean anything. And and for it to mean anything, you would have to have a system in place where, you know, at least hundreds of people, if not thousands, were going around systematically looking at who's dead and then saying to that person throughout the various polling stations and saying, "I'm, you know, I'm Joe Smith and, oh, here you are and you you sign and and you go vote. And another thing that goes against it, in the states, the all the elections are controlled at the county level, and it's all very, very local, mm. that the people who are doing the elections in your town are from your town. So you run the risk of going to the election board and saying, I'm Joe Smith, and they're going, well, you're not Joe Smith. Joe Smith died six months yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, it's not that simple. You know, It's not as, you know, as simple as I think some people make yeah, it out it to be, because... It, I live in a town of 12,000 and not that I know everybody in in, in hershey but I, I just have a feeling that you run a high risk if somebody dies, but there still have been stricken from the rolls that someone's yeah. gonna know pretty yeah.
0: if you're marching in five hundred dead people into you know into like you know hershey pennsylvania to to vote that that there's a very good chance that you know some percentage of those five hundred dead people are going to be people someone you know, knows and going uh. Really, no, you're dead, you know like you're you're my sister's you know boyfriend's cousin, and you're dead, so what's going on here right exactly and, and i mean right and, you 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 know it's like you you don't you don't have and, to get millions of votes you know th- across America, but you do have to sort of say like, okay, if we can just win ohio then then we win the election right so so so,
1: so yeah, you, you could, could try to target one swing state. state. And say, okay, we're gonna just put all our chips in Ohio or Pennsylvania or, you know, name your state. Um, but still, like, and, and Pennsylvania has, I think, 14 million, 14 million, 12, 14 million something in that range. Um, so you have millions of people voting. That's still a huge number of people. You have to turn out to actually swing a, a state like this. Yeah. Uh, I mean you, you know two percent is still a lot of people right, yeah.
0: I mean, you could look at the states and and you 'd have to go, okay, what were you know what were how many more people do you have to get to vote what were the the, the historical numbers and it 's like, okay, you know the Ohio is decided by thirty thousand people, but by forty thousand people, fifty thousand people, so it means okay we 're probably going to need to get about fifty thousand bodies to, you know, to extra to the, to the polls to to vote for, for Hillary. Right. And, and if you're, you know, recruiting 50,000 people and, you know, you're busing them in and you're probably paying them in some fashion. And so you need like, you, you need a bunch of other people running that enterprise and, and you're recruiting those people and, and, and getting their, you know, their, their names. It, it's, it's, it involves again, it's like, it's going to take 200,000 people all in on the conspiracy to get that done.
1: Yeah, and at some point, I think somebody would say, on that scale, uh, it, it would turn out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and there have been other accusations of, of, of uh, rigged elections before. I mean, the most famous is in Texas and Illinois in 1860. And uh, while officially Richard Nixon did not pursue those allegations, members of the Republican Party actually did and there were investigations and there were uh, litigation filed in the courts and at the end of the day, really nothing <laughs> came of it um, I think Illinois is a little better known uh, because of uh, Mayor Daley and his Chicago <laughs> machine but still, at, at the end of the day, I, I think it was in Illinois, not Texas, where one of the judges was like, we haven't given me one affidavit or somebody said this happened but yet you're just saying it did um, I, I just think classic, I guess, what people think of as rigging an election is just, it's just, it's not easy, and it's 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 rare. Um, I mean, I would be more worried about as we get more technically savvy, somebody messing with the election as a whole, hacking into something. And not, not so, so much to,
0: that to rig the election, but just a with it. <laughs> well, I mean, during I think it was during Bush Gore, right? There was the, all the accusations that those Diebold voting machines were. You know, well, the guy who owns that company is, uh, you know, is a major Bush contributor, and uh, so what? Who's to say? You know, he's not sort of put in like a, you know, uh, some sort of like backdoor or something like that.
1: Um. Well, yeah, except you know you would, you would well, i you would imagine that the numbers would look a little funky, um although in the one county during that election, um there was a spike in one area than people who voted for Pat Buchanan, who was still running at the third party in that election, and um, he even.
0: He even said
1: it, and that's where they had the for famous up in Canada. But, and we heard about the butterfly ballot, where the ballot was kind of looked like a butterfly, and it was really easy to think you were voting for Al Gore, but you actually were crossing off to vote for right. Pat Buchanan. All,
0: all these Jewish voters were voting and, for Pat Buchanan. Yeah,
1: and Pat Buchanan even laughed. I got this huge spike of Jewish voters in such and such a county. Um, so that that well, Florida is just a Big, you know, that was just a big disaster. Um, I and I've heard people on both sides say, "Well, actually, Gore would have won, or actually, Bush did." Win. I I think that thing was such a mess. I don't think there was ever going to be a a a good yeah. outcome from that well, whole I, that whole, I think a statistician
0: yeah, sort of looked at it and he sort of is like, "Look, look that. You know, you're going to get sampling error no matter how many recounts you do. There's always going to be sampling error, and the difference is so small." That that it, it's smaller than like the sampling error. So you, you, no matter how many recounts you do, you're never going to get uh, uh, an accurate picture of of the votes. And I think I think that ended up swinging like saying, okay, let's just throw it to the Supreme Court and then they'll decide. And
1: the Supreme Court basically said no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I still remember living through that in 2000, thinking, is this America? But um, um, i just hoping, hoping it doesn't happen again, again in my, my lifetime life 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 because I was yeah. just oh my yeah. gosh.
0: No. I mean, no no in, <sighs> in Canada, well at least in, in Quebec, they 10, you know, 15 every ten, fifteen, twenty years they, they have a referendum, you know, we wanna be our own country and uh, you know vote yes if you want to be your own country vote no if you want to remain part of Canada so we oui or no so uh, uh, you know and then people all go they cast the, the vote and and we don't use those machines or anything like that just, it's all paper ballots so you just have that little golf pencil and you can keep the golf pencil if you want but uh, you have a little golf pencil yeah you make really? it really? wow yeah you Very make nice. it, you know, on, on the paper um, so um, but then it, there, there was there was a pretty good evidence in the Quebec uh referendum that the, the the people you know counting the ballots were very partisan were very sort of for Quebec independence and so they were giving say um the no ballots the no ballots extra scrutiny and it's like hmm well that is not quite an x that x looks more like a y therefore that n- no ballot is uh, discarded it's and um and uh, but so the i believe i believe the the federal government was about to lock a lot of people up when then the Quebec government re- responded, oh, you know, your own politicians overspent, you know, their spending limits in, in, in you know, in, in Canadian politics. And they, the, the 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 other sides ended up spending more than they were legally supposed to. So they all decided, OK, we're not going to lock up anybody on the other side. Let's just let's just let's just back off to respective corners so, so what, what is the possibility let's say that, that in an election in the states let's say it, you know that Hillary knows that you know that in Ohio you know these ballot boxes are going to be mostly stuffed with you know valid Trump ballots so let's just throw those into the ocean what how, how is that possible
1: well I, I mean I suppose it's possible but if you have a whole ballot box full of ballots that disappeared I mean it does turn up I mean, there are a number of irregularities, and you have to. At the end of the day, a few weeks after the election, you have to reconcile the people, the number of people who came to the, the voting booth, signed in, and the number of ballots you have, and they have to be, if not the same number, very, very close. But if you know, if four hundred people who showed up to your your uh, polling place suddenly didn't cast a ballot, I, someone's going to investigate. Um, and, and the other thing I did want to point out before because, you know, sometimes and, and especially you know, the United States is a big place, um, weird stuff happens. In 2012, I forget if it was New York or Philadelphia, but there was an urban area where a couple of the voting precincts, not one person cast a vote for Mitt Romney. <laughs> and there were the people were wigging out. And then it turned out there were places in Utah that not one vote was cast for
0: mm-hmm. Barack Obama,
1: and it just—you know—I just think they're in certain areas because polling places are very, very, very local. It's not supposed to be; they do not cover a large number of people or a geographic area. The whole idea is very local. That you could have a very localized area where nobody wants to vote for you know whoever, um, and you have you know tens. Even perhaps in some counties in Pennsylvania alone, a hundred polling places, and you spread that across the whole entire state, you can have a couple of concentrations where like, I'm not voting for that Romney guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I imagine in, in, you know, for this election, you know, uh, Trump may get very few votes in Detroit, right? I think he's polling at 0% in Detroit.
1: Oh yeah, there's gonna be yeah, there's gonna be places where uh, either candidate yeah. is just I, not I'm, gonna be popular. There's got to be places I'm, in
0: Texas where it's like you know, like we'll shoot anybody that even has Hillary on a ballot. You know, all our ballots just have Trump on it. You know, something. You know the.
1: Oh yeah. Um, and the thing is, I'm not trying to sit there and, and pretend there is no ever ne- – there's never been or never going to be any voter fraud. It's just, you know, I'm sure there are people who stumbly like, add a few votes here and there, probably doesn't make a difference. And I'm not saying everything's is always 100% clean. But in order to actually tip an election, um, that's, that's a pretty that tough
0: you thing mean, to do. You need – you need – Tens of thousands, typically, historically, you know, you need tens of thousands of votes to carry extra votes to carry a a state. I mean, don't I mean, don't both parties, don't they get to observe the.
1: uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, I can speak for our. Pennsylvania where all the polling areas have a member of the a representative of the Republican Party and the Democratic Party who, you know, observe the voting and then when they do the initial counting, they are both there with other members of the party looking over each other and then when they do the reconciliation or whatever a few couple of weeks later to make it official, again there's more people from both sides observing all this. So, you'd have to at some point in that process either have a mole from the other party there and or pay them off or something Um, and if you're trying to toss the election in a a larger swing state you'd have to do that in multiple places or attempt to in multiple places to actually affect the vote and so at some point you know it just gets to be too big once again
0: yeah so uh, so you're you're this conspiracy uh, probable or not so probable
1: I it's think good, it's not it's so bad. probable. That's that's my guess. I I I I, I have if faith in our electoral yeah,
0: system yeah. in the United States.
1: And uh, so. if, uh, if if and, and if things go really bad, I mean, you always ask your queen to like take the joint over for a few years just to like you know yeah, get back well, on her feet.
0: I, I think I think in, in Canada we have a governor general who's our, the queen's representative, and the governor general generally doesn't do too much. Like like he's very it's a ceremonial position and. and it's the official head of state kind of. So it's like a lot of time, I, I want to say, keep saying key because I'm a sexist, but it's, it's usually toggles between a man or a woman. So the, the governor general, you know, they're the ones that, the, you know, that, that greet the dignitaries, like the president of the airport and that, that, that sort of stuff. But the governor general does kind of have these sort of emergency powers, these sort of reserve powers. So, so yeah. So if, you know, for example, the, you know, the prime minister decides, okay, I lost the election, but I'm not leaving, then the governor general can go, okay, I'm taking over here for a bit. And, and it's, it's quite interesting. What, what these, yeah, these, really, wow. I didn't realize that. You know, like they almost never do it and they don't even want to talk about, they have these, I think they call the reserve powers, but, but yeah, they can definitely, um, if, you know, if a crazy guy gets into power, they, they can basically sort of go, nope, I'm in charge now, you know, by the rights of the Queen, and da-da-da-da, and the gentleman Usher sure of the black staff, he's coming along to knock some heads, and yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. And then once in a while, they do have to kind of like, like when the, you know, when the Prime Minister is, you know, is like, well, you know, it's the, my country, and the, you know, the Governor General sometimes have to sort of like, <clears throat> It, you you serve at the behest of all of Canada. It's not your country, okay? You know, once in a while, I have to sort of cut them back the slack. But yeah,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. I they just they point, point at the portrait, portrait on your money and say, yeah, "Remember, exactly. remember." Uh, but uh, she's on your the queen uh, money yeah, yeah, money, so right? the
0: twenty dollar bill, the yeah, the twenty uh, okay. and the, on on the. You know the heads portion of our coinage. I'm, I'm kind of hoping when uh, you know when the queen joins Jesus that um, uh, that that twenty dollar bill we actually get a, a Canadian woman from history on our twenty dollar bill. And and then uh, you know so there's always a woman on the twenty dollar bill. It just happened to be the queen. But uh, Charles can have the coinage. You know, let's let's put his fucking head on the on the the coins but let's let's get let's get a woman on our uh our our 20s i think that would be really really nice
1: well i i think the way the thing is going i i i think that uh her Majesty is gonna outlive her. her. Hey, don't you get the feeling that Charles is gonna be? I mean, I, I I don't wish anybody dead, but don't you get the idea that Charles is gonna be like king for like six
0: months yeah, and then the you will be that old? I mean, the, the Queen Mum, she <laughs> lived over to hundred years old. So and and the Queen herself has said, you know, she's not one of these like you know I'm gonna abdicate. She's like she's like no, my dad ruled till he was dead, and that's what I'm gonna do too. You know, and and I'm gonna keep going.
1: Oh yeah, cause, like the queen of uh, uh, is it Beatrix? She sat yeah, down yeah. for her son, and the king of Spain did the same thing, and she was yeah. like, "Nope." I mean,
0: yeah, even the Emperor yeah. of Japan. I mean, the Pope did it. You know, it's like you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that that was crazy. I didn't I didn't know you could do that kind. of – I thought the Pope. I'm here. I, I can't go. When, when when you know when when my boss shows up at the door, hey, you're coming with me. That's when you know. know and then you, like die and you die and you go. go. I took up the
0: cross. Man, that thing was heavy. No one told me that. <laughs> Put that sucker <laughs> down. Just next. <laughs> um, job. my God.
1: <laughs> so it was nine to five What? What? what?
0: But uh, yeah. So um, yeah. But. Um, all right, so uh oh, I mean, we kind of know what you are are doing. Uh, you are you going to be uh in the future? I mean, Tam, we 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 hung out at Tam a couple of years ago, didn't we? We we've met before. yeah, we, uh, we've met before. Right yeah, now.
1: twenty. We met at twenty. We've been at
0: Tam in twenty fourteen. We hung out yeah, in and uh, Philadelphia for a day. me and my my fiance, we went to. Uh, it's, it was the I, I always take her on the so the Rust Belt tour, very romantic, you know Detroit and Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and stuff like that and, and uh, Buffalo. And, uh, I, uh, <laughs> well,
1: yes. <You> know. <laughs> Sorry,
0: ladies, I'm off the market, but uh, yeah. So,
1: well, at at some point you, you've got to take your 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 fiance and and your your. Uh, mm-hmm. Little Miss Brooks Brothers. Yeah. The Disney World, right? Because I know all about that place yeah. after the past yeah. year so, or so. Um,
0: yeah, but we went to uh, Philadelphia and we, we had cheesesteaks and beer and uh, it, was a, it was a good time. It was a good time.
1: No, it was great seeing you there in my, my more or less, in my backyard. Um and TAM, I mean, TAM, i that's the only TAM I ever went to, so I can't compare it to anything else. But that, that was, was just bad. one yeah, hell of a good was long great. weekend. Yeah, yeah.
0: Was and uh, our...
1: You, I, and uh, the Astronomer Royale uh, hung out Dr. like the uh,
0: three musketeers of, uh, of uh, sort of uh, lame skepticism. Well, I know Stuart. Stuart is Dr. Stu. He's a power. No, Stuart...
1: But, no, Stewart. Uh, podcast podcast, yeah, exactly. fantastic. It. I mean, he took a little break because he was doing yeah. ultra cool real <laughs> science. science. She still does, but he got busy. But no, Stewart. Here's <laughs> it. Okay, we're starting a new podcast, and I don't We don't know what we're doing. We're we're faking our way through it. Stewart's very first episode sounded like he'd been doing it yeah, for a that's year. That's
0: true. That's true. Yeah.
1: It, it was just like he just nailed it from the get go, and I'm um, now now. More <laughs> impressive, better than ever before. Yeah, and I also will say that Stuart and I have a little chocolate rivalry because oh, really? I live in Hershey, PA, the oh. home of mass manufactured chocolate, and, and Stewart is a chocolate snob and a very good chocolatier. And when we were in Tam, we tried some of his chocolate creations, very and exactly. they were damn good too. All
0: right. So, about uh, you, are you going to be going to any skeptical like? Q. No, no, QED's out in uh, Manchester, but uh, what's the one in New York area? Uh, Nexus, oh, uh, Nexus, right? Yeah.
1: Nexus. I'd like to go to Nexus. I, you know, it's in some ways because it's so close. But in New York City, it's more of a pain to do yeah. than even going to Tampa. Well, no, i mean Vegas is,
0: Vegas. is is a, um,
1: you know. Oh yeah, um, and. At, at, I, I would like to go to Nexus someday. I'm kind of holding judgment on if, I guess, if CFI mm, yeah, yeah, um, right. appears to be picking up the mantle of Tim to a large extent. And if that sticks around or they, start, they keep moving to different cities, I may attend one of those someday, although I, I think I attended Nexus before that. or I'm going to be honest. I am hopeful that at some point a new group will show up and kind of QED style, kind of like start, start small and build up quickly and just kind of like right. have their own voice. Yeah, yeah, but we'll cool. see.
0: All Right. So, uh, and, um, oh, geez, what were my traditional questions? It's like the, uh, I guess... Yeah, well, there was that. so like, <sniffs> that Usually, that's just like what you yeah. drinking. So, if uh, if uh, you you do happen to go to some skeptical event and someone recognizes you either from my podcast or your blog or or Sharon's new was it fifteen? What's the name of podcast again? Fifteen, Fifteen,
1: 15 credibility, credibility
0: Street. Uh, and they go, "Wow, you're you're awesome! Can I buy you? Uh, what do you? What do you? What are you drinking?" <sighs>
1: Well, I, I, I boy, yeah. way too much. Um, no, I, I would uh, these days. I'm gonna. I would say, give me a a nice um, 100% agave uh, tequila of a reasonable price, and, oh, and right. I'd be okay, very grateful. Great. But
0: yeah, you you post a lot of pictures of yourself, sort of consuming beer. Uh, so you you are a beer drinker, though.
1: I, I am a beer drinker, but I am I am very proud of the no, watery okay. domestic. <laughs> Um I, 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 I all these people want to drink all these and if you if you if you love your craft beer, that's fine. That everybody's got their but damn it, I'm giving right. love to the watery domestic. Although if I'm gonna drink any watery domestic, there is a beer that is home to, uh brewed in Pennsylvania and is up and down the yeah. east coast called Yingling It's it's very good. If you get me Yingling I'll, I'll be happy to. It's not. It's Yingling is a strange German concoction of word, which even though I live about an hour south of where uh, Pottsville is, where it was initially brewed, um, I, I always mess up whether it's Y-E-U or Y-U-E. I always mess it up. It's yeah. a very good beer. Book okay. well,
0: it up. I, I, should, I should let you go. Well,
1: well, well, Carl, thanks very much for having me on. And uh, 15 Credibility Street, it it, it's on iTunes, Google Google Play, Stitcher, or you can just go to uh, SoundCloud and right, uh, okay. just look and, it up. Uh,
0: Thank you, Nigel. <laughs>
1: yeah, and wish right,
0: St. Dwight all the best from me and my fiancé.
1: I, I, I will, and say uh, hello to uh, uh, Miss Brooks Brothers There's and the Miss Brooks Brothers all right. too. Bye-bye. All right. Good night. Good night. Across the nation, a dance my folks for me. Little laughing and singing, and music swinging. Dancing, Dancing in, in the, the street, street, Philadelphia PA. All the morning, seeking out.